0: This episode of the Matt Report podcast is brought to you by my new podcast, The WP Minute. Find it at thewpminute.com. Jump on the email list to know when the first episode drops over at thewpminute.com. Get the top headlines in WordPress news in five minutes every week. It's a new audio experience packed with WordPress news and a fun size podcast episode. Know the WordPress headlines before you finish that first cup of coffee for the day. Get on the list at the wpminute.com that's the wpminute.com easy support videos now loading over at easysupportvideos.com that's easy support videos.com it's a fun way to support and educate your wordpress customer or website users using video and small snippets of text Version 2.0 is coming soon, where you can place videos on the post edit screen, a custom post type, a global video that loads across the entire admin. It's up to you. Version 2.0 has the same great features that exist now, like customizable video gallery in the dashboard with so much more. Get it free in WordPress.org or go to EasySupportVideos.com. Stop going back and forth with support emails. Put your helpful videos right where your customer needs them. Get it free. Easy Support videos.com. After Automatic announced their experiment with selling $5,000 websites, I published a video titled, I Spell It WordPress Now. That's all lowercase for those of you who are just listening. A video which has been viewed over 1,400 times and caught the attention of today's guest, Matt Mullenweg, co-creator of WordPress and founder of Automatic. I've had the pleasure of interviewing Mullenweg back in 2015 and have consumed nearly every other podcast he's been featured on since. I thought about doing a more in-depth analysis on Matt's responses to my questions today, but I'd rather let the content speak for itself, allowing you to digest our discussion than arrive at your own conclusions. Though there is one word that sticks with me, and that's vulnerable. There are some vulnerable moments when discussing topics relating to blue-collar digital workers, or builders and implementers as Matt refers to them as, that could spark a change in Matt's long-term regard to a group of WordPress users that I feel control the undercurrent of the content management system's adoption throughout the world. Matt is also responsible for nearly 378,000 other products under the automatic umbrella, to which he informed me there's a new initiative rolling out to help disperse some of these responsibilities not only from him, but the 1,400 automaticians in the company. As for me, I do get very passionate about WordPress, and my response to moments like these might be better if I sit on them for a little longer, or reach out to Matt directly. Who knows? Maybe we'll get more podcast episodes out of it. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please share it with the world. Put it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, post status slack, dot org slack, wherever you can promote the show. Leave a comment on the post. I'm sure Matt will dive into the comments after the episode is published. It's mattreport.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. Let's get into the episode. I'd say 99.99% of the folks listening today know who you are and what you do. Is there one thing people don't know that you do? Do you practice like jujitsu? Are you Uh, a culinary master behind the scenes? Anything else that's new that people just might not know is like a hobby or something that you do really well on the aside from work? Some people
1: might know, but it's been so long now, but no, I'm a jazz musician. And that was how I got into building websites. And it's why releases of WordPress are named after jazz musicians. Don't know if I can still call myself that, but I definitely was for a long time. And it's what I thought I was going to do professionally before I got into this web stuff.
0: Look, I think a lot of folks think about this conversation, and I don't know why, <laughs> but they're, they're, I, I see comments like, I can't wait for Matt to talk to Matt about this stuff and like really roll up their sleeves and get at it. I don't feel that way at all. In fact, I highly regard your position. I think I've told you before. I wouldn't want your position, <laughs> like I, don't, I wouldn't want to have to thwart the the comments that come at you every day and run a thousand ish person company. A lot of work. So I applaud you and really respect that position. I'm really interested to chat today and maybe see both sides of our views and opinions and have a better understanding at the end of the day. I think the Squared
1: report is a great recurring feature. So yeah. I'm sorry yeah. that we had some scheduling trouble, but glad that we can make it back on. Yeah. Probably they thought that because I did leave that pretty lengthy comment on your, I spell it WordPress video because I disagreed with some points there. But I didn't feel, thank you for responding. I felt like you, yeah. you listened and you read it and I maybe we'll move to some of that as well.
0: Before I get there, I want to tell you, I love Simple Note. Simple Note is the app I use every single day of my life. (laughs) I'm dying for more (laughs) Simple Note stuff. (laughs) And this is a bigger question. Look, you're responsible for, I say you're responsible and maybe you can enlighten me, maybe you're not responsible, but I feel like, man, there's so much product under Matt Mullenweg, WordPress, automatic.com, all the offerings, Jetpack, Simple Note, Tumblr, the list goes on. Happy tools, Jetpack CRM. There's so much. Mm-hmm. Where do you find yourself focusing that attention for, like, crazy Simple Note users like myself to say, "Give us more"?
1: The good news for something like Simple Note is it happens without me having to think about it because I too emit it 20 times a day at least, and on all the different devices. So I'm a very passionate user. Simple Note is not where I I consciously focus my time, but I was just talking to the team the other day about like changing where the search is on desktop, because we moved it to be more like a Mac OS standard, but it's a little more confusing. It's, that's like a fun thing for me, maybe after hours. Some of the other products you mentioned, Tumblr, Woo, WordPress.com are more of an official part of my day. And the way I cover so much is just by having really fantastic teams and, and folks I work with on every side of it, whether that's Josepha on the Work side of things. Call Myrana on WooCommerce. It, the list goes on and on. I try to think of Automatic as a fractal organization. We're about 1,400 people now. Let's say uh, VIPs around, right around 200 this week. That looks a lot like Automatic did when we were 200 people. And Nick, who runs that, has a similar executive structure underneath him that I did when we were 200 people for the whole company, or that rather Tony Schneider did. So there's uh, lots of ways to approach it. And we found that form of scaling is uh, very effective. And I really don't see a ceiling on it. We'll hire and you know, onboard probably 400 people this year. And it's that, if you told me that 10 years ago, that would seem completely crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. I wouldn't even know, I couldn't name 400 people in my life, right. much less hire yeah. them. And now it actually seems like a very natural progression of what we've been doing the past few years in terms of scaling the business.
0: Do you look at these endeavors and I think when I, of course, now I'm f- I'm forgetting the gentleman that I interviewed about Simple Note. I think you call them. Is that, are they called long bets? Is that like the code name internally? Ah,
1: yeah, internally, we, we, other bets,
0: other. Bets. Well, the long bets
1: would also be a great name. Yeah, and I'm part of the Long Now <laughs> Foundation, so that would yeah. be a good one. They are often long term, but they're things other than our main areas, which is basically consumer subscriptions, e-commerce, and enterprise are the three main areas Automatics focuses
0: on. And when you look to hire. Is it is primarily just automatic, VIP? Folks are going to be focusing on your core focus other than, let's say, a simple note or a happy tool or something like that.
1: Much like we, we try to follow a five for the future for .org, which is something we built into automatics culture is having a five for the future for our products. So that's other bets. So we try to have about 5% of the company focused just on contributing .org, and then about 5% of the company working on things that are going from zero to one. So they're, yeah. they're in that pre-product market fit phase of uh, building things. That's a little less right now. I think we're good on the .org side, but we're a little low on the other bets. And uh, that's just because a, it's a, it's been a busy year and yes. particularly with things like the turnaround for Tumblr and others, we want to make sure that we have enough people on things to, to see like an acquisition through It's mm-hmm. the biggest mistake companies usually make with acquisitions. Is they spend a ton of time leading up to it and buying the company, and then they don't pay as much attention to it afterwards. Mm. And for example, for Tumblr, we want to make sure that we have you know, the best team possible to grow that potential, which is mm. you know, tens of millions of, of monthly active users blogging, which is really cool. So let's get right. them the best darn blogging capabilities
0: and then uh, and see what happens. Is that something that when you look at Tumblr, do you look at And this might be getting, I don't know, maybe into too much of the the secret ingredients of all of this stuff, but does that look, when you're making an acquisition like Tumblr, do you say, yeah, we're going to run Tumblr as an independent business and we will focus on that, on its business model to monetize Tumblr, or do you see that more of how do we integrate this more into a dot-com feature, like Tumblr powered by dot-com, Tumblr (laughs) powered by Gutenberg, like how do you see that synergy happening, if there even is one?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, internally, we try to have kind of three-year plans for every business where the first year is fairly high resolution and it gets a little fuzzier the further out you get, which is okay. Same thing with that acquisition. We try to say, okay, what's the, what's the three-year plan for this? On the three-year plan for Tumblr, the initial parts are very much advertising focused since that's been their business model thus far. But as we get into year two, which we are now, and three, I think there's a very interesting e-commerce and membership opportunity for Tumblr. You know, some really passionate creators, so much happening there. So much culture is still happening on Tumblr and originating on Tumblr. And then I have said publicly, and it's still on the roadmap, to switch Tumblr to be powered by WordPress. So imagine how we have Calypso for WordPress.com, which is a JavaScript, essentially, client to talk to multiple WordPress sites at once. And it's, it's what you load when you visit WordPress.com. It's totally open source. Tumblr is an equivalent they call Redpop, which is, again, a React-powered JavaScript client to their API. Imagine that API or that client, so you have the exact same Tumblr interface, but it's talking to a WordPress API instead. That would be a probable first step for how we start to switch over their sites. But there are a massive number of blogs there, I think over half a billion. So obviously not all active, but it is a fairly large migration task when we do that.
0: Yeah, certainly not just pick it up, throw it on your S3 bucket, and off to the races (laughs) you go for any stretch of the imagination. Let's talk more about the recent shift or it's not even a shift really because as you said this might just be an experiment with the I don't even know what your proper title of it is it's website services by automatic or com or something like that. I will try to quickly preface this to give you hopefully a bird's eye view of my take and my reasoning for being so passionate about this stuff first and foremost, love WordPress, defend WordPress, doesn't matter what hill I'm dying on. It's always WordPress. (laughs) I'm a mentor and a local accelerator. And I see all these people going Wix and Squarespace. And I'm just like, you got to use WordPress. And as painful as it might be for very beginner users, it's getting better. When I see in the impetus behind the original video, I spell it WordPress now, you have to take a look back at many years ago as somebody who was trying to monetize a WordPress plugin, mm-hmm. trying to break into the space. There's a lot of threads of thought here, but <laughs> it's just many years of just not feeling appreciated is not the right word. It's the first one that comes to my head, but you try to submit a theme to the theme team. Now you remember this is decade ago. Mm-hmm we don't like ads we don't like upsells there's this you look at wordpress.org repository from a 50,000 foot view and why isn't this just theme forest now tax me to be here happily pay the tax to be to have an ecosystem that i can tap into a la shopify and webflow mm-hmm. and things like that and then i also see from the shopify and webflow side partnerships open app store like that kind of thing being a lot more open Mm -hmm. and what i feel is a constant shift into moving all things the best wordpress experience moving all things to jetpack and to wordpress.com and then the icing on the cake is we'll build your website now so then i have a lot going on there there's a lot going on (laughs) i don't know if i agree with all those
1: assumptions but we can talk through them
0: there's a lot of deep roots here matt so i I have this thing 10 10, years ago when you yeah let's start 10 years ago blue collar digital worker Mm -hmm. That's the phrase that I use, I feel is a very underrepresented segment of even when automatic looks at the community, Mm -hmm. designers, developers, like is probably like what? 80% of the core Mm -hmm. community. And then there's folks trying to build build a business, trying to Mm. do things with WordPress. And it's that frustration. It's the weight of all of that. I tweeted out the other day i was working on a friend's site had jetpack i went to install a plugin and the message that on the the plugin install screen said oh by the way i forget what the exact word is but you could get exploited or malware through the plugins yes <laughs> but it's but jetpack you came from wordpress.org who do i trust and it's those types of things that it's not these big things that happen it's death by a thousand paper cuts hmm. and that's the feeling it's a feeling that I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people feel and are frustrated by. Hmm. And all of that bubbles up to, like me, making a video (laughs) that that a thousand people watch and most of them agree with. That's how we got here at this moment in time. And that's the the level of frustration. There's a Hmm. lot to even like attack at that point or to respond to at that point. But I just wanted to lay it all out on the table for you as of how I've gotten to this point of feeling, man, maybe it's the implementer who's not very valuable in this community. And if it isn't, that's okay. I'll leave the floor up to you to figure out which (laughs) bone you wanna pick out first. I don't know where to start.
1: (laughs) Let me start with what you called implementers, which I often call builders. I do agree that they're not always the most prominent in like core discussions. Sometimes these people, are busy, they're building sites for people, so they might not be in our Slack or things like that. I take it as a personal responsibility to stay very connected to that community and try to represent their needs in the core direction. I would argue that Gutenberg itself was largely in response to what I was hearing from, I would say, smaller builder shops. people one to 10 Employees building sites for five to twenty thousand dollars. The, the numbers are going to be different internationally as well, so I, these numbers aren't necessarily useful. But you know, I was hearing from them that they were uh, starting to use third party tools to build things to save time for clients. That clients they were having to build very complex things with advanced custom fields and other kind of like interfaces that weren't very WYSIWYG to help people create about pages or make it easier for their clients to update. And that was part of what brought us to Gutenberg Was saying, there is a easier wizzy wiggish way to approach some of these problems that doesn't need someone on a random database form field. <laughs> you know, something that looks like PHP might have been to update their about page versus something where you're actually seeing the images and like it's more one-to-one with what you build and what you build. The other good news is that I hear a lot from this community, so for whatever reason, They find my contact form and Twitter (laughs) handle, and I get a lot of DMs. And That's obviously not fully representative, but I do feel like I get a little more feedback from that section of the many stakeholders that WordPress has, a good amount. I would love more. So if there's anyone listening to this that wants to just share with me your story about how WordPress is working or not for you, your favorite plugins, all this stuff. What's beautiful is every story is valid. Whatever someone's feeling is what they're feeling, so it's true. And these antidotes, one we can digest enough of them, some often can show patterns that can be really useful for determining what is a future focus for WordPress. The four phases of Gutenberg, post and page editing, full-site editing, essentially workflow, and then multilingual, 100% of the feedback I've gotten from various constituencies in the WordPress community. Now, WordPress is not one thing over another. We are open source. Everyone can and does use the software. And I think one of the the beautiful tension that we maintain, how I like to put it, is every single release making it more accessible and easier for people new to WordPress and more powerful and flexible for those who are familiar with WordPress already. I think a lot about interfaces not just being easy, but being intuitive so that whether you're seeing, whether you've been word, using WordPress for one day or 10 years, when you come across a new feature, a new interface, you can have some guidepost to how to use it. That addresses very one small part of what you said, but I, I don't wanna talk for 10 minutes, so I just, I'll throw it back to you.
0: There's a camp of people who are like, man, something happens, my video, or this tiny little blip on the radar, this Jetpack thing, but Jetpack is much larger. It is the monetization play f- I'll say it, You, I guess you could say no, but it's the monetization play from Automatic to say, we've got all of these free WordPress sites out there. How do we monetize it? Yes, how do we make the experience better for the consumer, but also how do we monetize this? It's a perfectly fine, I mean, thing I think it's quite obvious at this point. But anything that ever happens in this space to defend you, people go, it's, just, it's he's just got to make money with this stuff. I don't really care about that side of it you and automatic there's nothing wrong with that in my eyes it is the lack of that connection to looking at the community members and saying how will this impact how will this impact them yeah. and and i think People forget that like now you are a 1,500 person company. Matt is no longer in the room with us building WordPress with us anymore. It's a totally like it was maybe 20 years ago. It's a totally different ball game now. There's a lot of, of things at play. When you look at what like Shopify does, and I guess here's a more direct question. It, when you look at what Shopify does or what Webflow does with their partnerships and their communities, do you ever see yourself going in that direction or even formalizing a marketplace on WordPress.org? to just have a component that I can just bolt into and say here's 30% for automatic, here's 70% for me and we do business that way.
1: Good set of questions there. One for for the staying in touch point of view. One thing I think that, which has allowed WordPress to be a lot more adaptable is the accessibility of the people building it. No matter even if you're a very large store on Shopify, you can't join Shopify's Slack where they're building it and DM Toby. He's a nice guy, but it's not the level of accessibility. But if you wanted to join the WordPress.org Slack and DM me, uh, you can. By the way, people do, (laughs) so don't be shy there. I also try to be on the post status Slack. I try to be very accessible because I love to learn, I love to read. So those are just things that uh, are part of a good feedback loop. And I would say that applies to, if you look at the 500 plus people who were part of the last WordPress release, you could get in touch with pretty much any of them. <laughs> and that's pretty special. There's very few things like that on the internet, certainly at the scale that WordPress is. In yeah, terms when of, I'm
0: mad at my iPhone, I can't, hey, Tim, want to be on my podcast? <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like, that's not happening. So I totally appreciate this connection and the value of that in the community.
1: And it's things like the podcast, but it's also the little things.
0: The one thing you said
1: was the marketplace. We've always kept WordPress.org, in particular, free. So people pay 0%, and there's businesses making tens of millions of dollars a year on there, and they're not paying anything to Automatic or anyone else. There's, so th- there's not really any plans to, to build a billing system or charge for things. I think it's also perfectly fine that third-party marketplaces like a theme forest spring up, and they take their 30% or whatever the percentage. And that's fine. Again. Tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollar businesses built on top of WordPress. And they, that's one of the freedoms to do. I don't see WordPress being held back by the lack of a marketplace. On the automatic side, there we do run marketplaces. So there's a theme marketplace, there's a WooCommerce marketplace. So there are different areas where we can provide access to a lot of users, maybe a one-click checkout experience, and then there's a revenue share for that. I love those models because like what you said, people make money together. Hopefully we're selling things that we're in, we're selling to customers that would be hard to reach otherwise. And hopefully the customer is getting value out of that, and there can be a win-win. I don't see it again, Shopify, you could ask a lot of the partners and they're not crazy about that. Remember famously, MailChimp and Shopify, that big breakup. That was around very onerous terms from Shopify, the participation in the marketplace and what that Rev share with even MailChimp. Shopify is also, I think, a good example of almost an Amazon-like marketplace, which allows a bit of freedom in the marketplace and then copies it (laughs) and crushes the people in in the community. That I haven't really seen happen in the WordPress community, even when Automatic has moved into something like a WooCommerce. Easy Digital Downloads still seems to be doing great and and other e-commerce plugins in the marketplace. So... I don't look to them as models. (laughs) That uh, is a good thing. And also like the Apple App Store, like the fact that WordPress itself almost got banned from the store. Like I really much prefer the more open source, open access. There is some trade-off there in terms of if someone does want a commercial solution, they might need to sign up for a new site and put their credit card in again. But to be honest, that's getting easier and easier with Apple Pay and other things.
0: Would you say that And I think one of the statements that came out of our last conversation almost five years ago was, and I think it's even more true today, is Mm -hmm. Jetpack is the best way to experience WordPress.
1: I think of WordPress plus Jetpack is really compelling.
0: (laughs) Because if I were your marketing person, that's what I'd be saying. Uh, Jetpack is the best way to experience WordPress. And... So now let's lay a foundation to that. If all of a sudden org had a marketplace tomorrow, it would probably impact people, maybe even turning to Jetpack or potentially even utilizing some of the features of Jetpack. The feeling of frustration that a user has, I think, is a benefit to to Jetpack. I've got ten plugins from ten different authors, Mm -hmm. and now I have to go and knock on Pippin's door. I have to knock on Yoast's door. I have to go to Syed for OptinMonster. And I'm like, hey, guys, what's not working on my site? How do I get this working? Your long-term success with Jetpack is to smooth all those edges out and say, you know what, we have everything here. So it's almost that Amazon model where it's like, hey, we see forms are working really well. Let's get forms in here. We Mm -hmm. see CRM, this is the craziest one. We see CRMs are working, let's bring CRM Jetpack in. And it's a fair statement to say that all roads leading to jetpack is to make that experience better. True, false. Trying to
1: follow. <laughs> what I would say is part of what jetpack was created was what the common complaint of things not working together with each other. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of plugins that people use are free plugins, not the commercial ones. The commercial ones are, are the small minority, and so it's not necessarily paid things interrupting, but it's really just stuff working together. The other thing that Jetpack was created for is to um, important things that need a SaaS service. How can we provide those? Anti-spam being a great example, where plug-in approaches to anti-spam have been ineffective, but the kind of AI approach that a Kismet takes, which is part of Jetpack, has been very effective over now 15 years. So how can we essentially fund those in a... Robinhood's been in the news for the wrong reason, but let's go back to the story of (laughs) Robinhood. Robinhood, Like, what's the bare minimum we can charge for to subsidize providing a service for free to 99% of users? And maybe that's another differentiation from like an Amazon Prime where everyone pays to use Amazon Prime. 99% or more of Jetpack users are free. So really, it's a little bit of a hack in that there are certain SaaS things that I think make WordPress a lot more compelling that if we charged for, it probably make a lot of recharge for stats or some of the things that are built into free wo- Jetpack, probably make a lot of money, but WordPress would be smaller. And my goal, which means it's automatics goal and, and also a lot of WordPress's goal, we want as many WordPress as in the world. And I think it's good to put in context, you know, like you mentioned, there were some people that were, took the conclusion that you did around like the Jetpack notice That got fixed really quickly, but maybe the build it for me program or the do it for me program, the 5k will build a site for you as like some sign of a larger conspiracy or that we're being evil or that we're holding back this important part of WordPress, or we don't care about that anymore. But over the past 12, 13 months, there have been over 400,000 sites in the top 10 million that have been come onto WordPress. That's 400,000 high end sites. Each one of those spending probably at least 10,000 a year to build, to maintain, to hiring people. And that's when you get into the likely millions of people who are making their living in and around WordPress. You know, a few of us get worked up on Twitter. And by the way, I'm part of this too. I'll reply too quickly and like, then that kind of escalates. And But if we zoom out a little bit and look at what's hap- what are the large numbers happening, even the most controversial video or something like that is probably two or three orders of magnitude. Um, smaller than just the number of sites built in the past year. And, the thing I just ask people to remember as well is that Twitter is a little bit designed to get people worked up. That is its business model. And by the way, I know this, but it it happens to me too. And it's just, I think it's the length. That's short. It's hard to have a nuanced conversation like we're having now. in even 280 characters, Mm -hmm. it is the algorithm sort of promoting these hot takes and controversy. It's the context, meaning that I maybe saw like a political thing or an environment, like something that got me really riled up two tweets before I saw the screenshot of the jetpack notice. And you know maybe I do believe that there's a vast conspiracy by oil companies to <laughs> trick us that recycling is a thing when it's really just a way to sell more plastic and like, we have to fight this. And I, I'm really worked up personally about that. It's a true thing, by the way. And then I see this jetpack notice and I'm like, oh, there's another one. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it's just as bad as Exxon and Chevron yeah. and all the yeah. all the kind of like grand conspiracies and the Davos and the Illuminati or whatever it might be <laughs> like it's easy to to draw lines between things that things that might be large and small can seem uh really large on twitter right and and then things happen quickly the mm-hmm. What's the old saying like disinformation can get make its way around the world before the truth has a chance to put its pants on There's just the what it rewards moving quickly Mm. versus the truth, which gets out there very slowly. I experienced that really toughly. There's something really tough. It might've been, it was definitely in the past 18 months where there was someone who tweeted accusation that Automatic had fired our African-American editor of one of our publications. And this got over a thousand retweets, more than that likes. It was you know it was around the time that there was a lot of social unrest and riots and everything like that and so there was a huge pile on to this it was factually untrue the person replied she had actually taken a job herself she had left for uh, a higher more prominent job and the original person who tweeted this actually replied a correction as well so to their credit like corrected this misinformation that correction got five retweets <laughs> so it was literally like a 200 to one Sure. ratio of the the controversial but untrue thing to the true, but maybe a little less of a salacious story thing that went out there. And that really broke my heart as well, because that's obviously an issue that's near and dear to the hearts of many people, and especially over the past year. And to know that there might have been folks who might have applied for Automatic and then saw that and said, oh, this isn't a place that's going to be welcoming to me. I was just despondent. Yeah. So it's just a good example that there's also someone usually on the other end of these tweets, <laughs> like
0: sure. in the
1: jetpack example, like someone who made that example, person who fixed it, like within 24 hours. Like we should remember there's humans on the other side.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and definitely appreciate the team that that adjusted that. I would say for the record that I'm not spreading disinformation or spreading <laughs> conspiracy theories. You thir- do. Thir- you issue thir- thir- questions, but I appreciate that I try to do this stuff I am very passionate about it yes and I can only make assumptions the what I will say is I think that in the long term where you might not call jetpack a direct competitor I would say that there will be a market correction as jetpack solves things like gra like forms better or galleries better or I don't know. Some other feature in there better than let's say Pippin's plugins. Eventually, I feel like the advantage that Jetpack has in both uh brand and positioning that we'll see a correction of maybe losing three of these smaller product companies in mm-hmm. the long term as Jetpack becomes m- much more mature, much more fortified. Is that fair?
1: I do worry about that, but it is a very long-term worry, meaning at the point when we're unable to add new users of WordPress, right? <laughs> and let's remember there's still 6.99 billion people who haven't used WordPress yet. So we have a ways to go, but for extremely mature technology companies, Facebook has 2 billion people, daily active users. They're running out of people. And so it is much more zero sum. One thing that was cool about all the year in wrap ups that got posted from the different commercial companies, the volunteers, everything, all the people in WordPress community last year, which by the way, was a challenging year for humanity was a pretty good year for all of the businesses you just mentioned. And also a good year for Automata. As we expand the pie, everyone's portion of the pie can also keep growing without it necessarily be a zero sum between them. We can work in these economics of abundance versus economics of scarcity. And that's why if I get ever criticized for really prioritizing, growing the number of, numbers of users of WordPress. It is true. It is very important to me that we, uh, in our mission to democratize publishing, that we bring more people onto the WordPress, the platform. I think it's a, a trailing indicator of us doing our job of creating a good product. That also keeps the companies from, it allows us to work together a lot more. Even one thing that's beautiful in WordPress, direct competitors work together all the time, hosting companies that are literally selling the exact same thing. will have developers coordinating on a new feature. I also will say, yourself included, that WordPress is blessed with a really great media We have had in the past say a few years, some of the polarization of the world seep into our communities where we're fast to jump to conclusions or create sides on things. But at the same time, I've never run into someone in the WordPress kind of public space or things like that that didn't really care about the truth as well (laughs) and was was willing to update their worldview based on new information. And I hope, myself included, I can demonstrate that I'll have strong opinions, but loosely held (laughs) new information (laughs) is there. I, I want to update my, my view of reality, because if I am far from reality, that's going to be bad for myself and everyone involved, everyone that I have influence over where the closer I can be to understanding reality, the better in my role and responsibility as a leader within this community, I can help navigate and focus my attention and my contributions. So, whatever's most con- constructive for yeah. all the stakeholders in the WordPress community.
0: I'd say that uh, I have a, a good understanding of your view of Jetpack so far. I'm not fully convinced that, uh, maybe not, maybe saying even reached a resolution on the implementer or the builder space and the connection there. And that's okay. What I want to is a good on question to-, to
1: ask though. Automatic is a business and does move into business areas. Has any business Automatic moved into so far? met the elimination of all its competitors? Have the host grown or shrunk since WordPress.com started?
0: Right. <laughs> Are the
1: other form plugins doing better or worse since Jetpack form started? Like you can almost look at every single example. We, my experience has been that automatic entering a place generally grows to market, doesn't operate in a zero sum way. Enterprise is the same way. Right. I think this came up, actually, it was a great tweet correction. It might've been Bridget or someone who said, automatic copy the, I forget what it was. I'm, and I don't yeah, want yeah. to misquote it, you. but basically the yeah, implication was we moved into the enterprise space and took the auction out of the room from these companies like 10Up and others. And in fact, all those companies started after, Crawfavorite, et cetera, started after VIP. And yeah. I think VIP has been a big contributor to their business growing and scaling.
0: One of the things that I think that I've often talked about, again when for some reason people ask me like what your thoughts are I don't know <laughs> I don't know what You're an influencer. Sure. Same name. The people say don't you think it's just because they want to IPO and they want to do all of this and they have this investments and they need to pay back the the investors and that kind of thing. My hunch is that you've had tyrannical capitalism knocking at the door <laughs> to try to do something with core WordPress uh, you know WordPress.org and with WooCommerce. And the only like real painting I've illustrated to myself and to to maybe others is that that you are actually defending from the monetization of core WordPress or this aggressive capitalistic play on monetizing WordPress. I think that you might be actually defending. I can't imagine the amount of emails you've deleted where people wanted to throw money at you for the sake of the greater good being WordPress, uh, of course, and it's four freedoms. But there has to be some loss there. And I think maybe that loss is we're going to defend this thing called WordPress and to appease investors and it's not even appease is not even the right word, but we're going to show them we have this thing called Jetpack. That is Matt's defense, your defense to say, look, we don't look, guys, don't worry about trying to monetize WordPress.org or, or WooCommerce directly. Let me show you Jetpack instead
1: hmm.
0: as a way to defend WordPress, uh, with the unfortunate cannon fodder being Mm -hmm. the implementer or the business person. And and I don't even I'm not even saying that this is a bad thing. Because Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine how many times you've had to defend and put a fence around people who have said if you just put an ad right here, (laughs) you could make $5 million a month by putting a, a buy now on the install WordPress page or something like that. It's that's a feeling of mine. I have obviously no insight into that, mm. but you can either speak to that or not. But I feel like that is Jetpack is, is a great way for you to say, save the core WordPress open source. This is what I focus on. If we're not talking about Jetpack, we're not talking about investing in, in, in automatic or, or, or even looking at WooCommerce, that kind of thing. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, there. yeah.
1: So I, I would say a weakness of mine is I'm not building websites anymore for $25 an hour. I've been very fortunate even outside of WordPress with my investments and everything like that, to essentially be a lottery winner. And so since my early twenties, I have not been motivated by more money because I have more than any one person could need, but really motivated by the impact of my work and the things I'm supporting and a part of in the world. And the toughest thing within any open source or any open community is, Essentially commercial interests that take too much for themselves without putting enough back. That's why we have the five for the future program. It's amazing that all it takes is 5%. 95% could be doing whatever, but if every company in the WordPress community did put that 5% in WordPress would actually be, I would say a three to five times larger than it is today. We have some amazing companies, the, the 10ups, the Yoast, the automatics that, that do a lot of this. And I hope that more and more we'll join in this future as they see those companies also do really well. But that is my motivation. So mm. that I guess the bright side of that is it would be really hard to bribe me. <laughs> the <laughs> downside of that is that I do need to do extra work to stay in touch yeah. with the builders, with everyone else that you talk about, the other companies. Yeah. And so that's why I just try to have that open door policy. Um, you now I had a, a Zoom with one of the, one of the large agency folks yesterday and just hearing like, how's their business going? How's What's the latest? What's the, What are they hearing from their clients? What are they building on Gutenberg versus others? How are they bidding against other things in the market? How's Adobe Experience Manager doing? So these things are really helpful because yeah. I do have the part of the world that I work in every day. And, and so I need help to stay connected to all the rest of the things going on in WordPress.
0: You said you're one week, that was one week. I think, man, you do a lot. You do too much, Matt. You do too much, <laughs> like that. You let it go. Like you said, you were very, you felt very personally responsible for the builders. When I jokingly, maybe it doesn't come off as a joke, but when I say things like a PR agency or stuff like that, like I think <laughs> you need to just give someone that role to really stay grounded to that, and then maybe report to you or something like that. I feel like you. This is just me speaking bluntly. I feel like you you wear too many hats. But kudos to you for balancing it for 20 years. So
1: I'm always putting hats on and taking hats off. Yeah. A good example is I was actually personally running WordPress.com last year. And so that was a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And part of doing that was also identifying someone I could pass that hat to. Yeah. Actually, we just started a new framework inside Automatic called Hats. That sort of shows that like many roles, especially in a fast growing company, you might take on and put off without necessarily a title change or something like that. So we need to be flexible to to do things differently. I really do look up to, these are flawed role models, but folks like Elon Musk or Bill Gates or folks who can stay highly technically connected to every single part of the business and then use that knowledge to help navigate. Because I do believe that the more layers of abstraction you're dealing with, the further away from reality you are and the harder it is to understand what's really going on. So we do, we do obviously hire lots of people that do the things I used to do things instead of me. But occasionally I feel, and for any leaders listening to this, it's, it's good to dive down into the details. I was doing some live chat support last week. um, I'm hoping to do some more this week. So if you chatted with WordPress.com support, you might've gotten me. Is that the most valuable use of my time? If it were 40 hours a week, no. But if it were a couple hours a month, oh, it's invaluable. I think it's actually yeah. one of the most valuable things I do. So it's, I would say, think about even when you scale to thousands of people, how you can stay connected to the core of your business, which is really the yeah. customer. Uh,
0: I think maybe one of the things that we're coming out of, not and we're not even out of the, the pandemic yet, but we go through those, that this whole last year and, and seeing so many people that I've seen on Twitter saying, look, uh, the, the client business is dried up. And I say, man, wouldn't it be great if... Instead of automatic launching their division of $5,000 websites, there was this collection of builders and, and boutique mm-hmm. agencies that could satisfy the needs of a $0 to $5,000 website and and oh. lift these people up who've been cheerleaders for WordPress for many years.
1: I 100% agree with yeah. you. So I think we're in total agreement. It's just an order of operations, order of operations. To, yeah. to launch a test. We've done things yeah. like Jetpack Pro and other things, jetpack.pro and others essentially build an agency list. Obviously, the enterprise side of the business works with dozens of partners there and sends all that out. But for this, which is literally a test with one or two people working on it, it was easier to work with an Upwork or a Codable to try to see if we get that funnel, because it's no good for us to bring in 20 or 1,000 agencies if there's only five clients a month going through (laughs) it. We did the flow first. And so just from the order of building it, like to test this concept, to see whether this is even something people signing up for WordPress.com want, it was just what the resources this thing was, I I really didn't mean it was an experiment. When the experiments go, I think that's when you start to say, okay, how do we open this up? It is very clear. And I've said this before, Automatic is not a consulting company. We're not a people shop. And we're very much all about technology and engineering and algorithms and that sort of deep tech and SaaS services and, and that sort of stuff is is where we're always going to focus. So any place where we're able to send out consulting or building or something like that, we're going to look for the opportunities to do because that's just how we've defined the business. It is pretty core to our identity. There's also things like jobs.wordpress.net that we do need to loop back on and do a better job of. I noticed actually as part of that discussion, that the link to jobs.wordpress.net had fallen off the footer of wordpress.org. By the way, for those who don't know, which is probably almost everyone, this is a free job listing site where people can list people they wanna hire or look for jobs in the WordPress world. That should probably be way bigger. Maybe also someplace where we charge a de minimis amount to keep out spam and stuff. So that might be someplace where we say it's $5 to list a job or something, that just go to the WordPress foundation. But again, If we ever charge for things, it's usually for to keep the quality high. (laughs) Like, why do we charge for work camp tickets? It's so we can properly plan for how much food to buy and how many t-shirts to order. (laughs) Because when you make it totally free, (laughs) a lot of people sign up and don't show up. So if we charge 20 or 25 bucks, it's not going to keep anyone from going. You get, by the way, probably $500 or $1,000 worth of value from that. But it allows for less wastage in the planning. So Sometimes if you do see a charge on the .org side of things, it's usually for that reason than necessarily trying to create a marketplace or something. And a lot of people don't know this, but .org doesn't have, the WordPress foundation has no full-time employees. There's zero. And so that is a design goal. So when you say make a marketplace, it's not even a small marketplace. I need to hire 20 or 25 people building the billing systems, handling refunds, doing support, all these sorts of things. And we do try to keep the employee base of the WordPress foundation, totally zero. Now we have lots of people working full-time on WordPress, but they are generally sponsored or volunteering or doing that as part of, they're employed by someone else. So that's just also something good to put out there because a lot of people don't realize that.
0: Let me just drill down on that one, that one specifically, because it was a note that I had, but I skipped over it. The quick story is I remember years ago, and let's talk about some of the, the frustration of a product person. This should have gone earlier in the conversation, but the frustrations <laughs> of a WordPress product person stemming from some of the experiences we, it's not just me, it's it's many others who have openly blogged about it. Submitting a theme to 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 WordPress.org many years ago, I remember the theme that I put in was called journal, right? We're writing mm-hmm. we're making a journal. And cool. someone said, No, that name is too too vague, too ambiguous, right? Oh. We have to get something tighter. And, uh, and, mon- <laughs> and and then months later, I saw a theme get approved called paper, and I was going, wait a minute, <laughs> journal, paper, uh, what's the difference? So it's yeah. these. Uh, this is a small blip in the galaxy of events, but th- it's those types of things where it's v- largely led by volunteers, yeah. and people should not be upset at the volunteers. It's the nature of the structure, and, and this is where I think people turn to and say, if you made it a a paid marketplace there would It's probably and you probably know this better than I do it's probably a billion dollars that flows through wordpress.org there's probably something in there (laughs) where we could carve out some money to pay for a team it's not an easy task but one Mm -hmm. that I think would still be very profitable I could be totally wrong so that is a feeling and it's not just me Mm -hmm. many people echo this feeling of why is it free why is it volunteered why are they making decisions commercially based Mm -hmm. decisions those types of things it's, a, on it's one of
1: the, I think, biggest mistakes I've seen as a meme, in the WordPress world, that free cannot mean high quality. And I think WordPress itself, largely developed by volunteers, again, 95% of the contributors are not paid or sponsored by any company, that you can actually have something that's world-class, the equivalent of millions of dollars of value. If you were paying Adobe or someone for, for a CMS that wasn't as good as WordPress, Developed for free by volunteers. Mm. Wikipedia. Like there's so many examples. Bitcoin. Like, yeah. gosh, do not never underestimate, underestimate the power of people passionate about an area, working on it together for love, not money, and doing so in a way where the ownership of it is shared. So if anything, I want to encourage a lot more of that. It doesn't mean people can't make money. It just means that let's never assume that just because something is free. The free theme can't be the best darn theme in the world. The free page builder can't be the best darn page builder, not just in the WordPress world, but in the entirety of all CMSs uh, with Gutenberg. So there, there's ways to do it. And so if you ever find yourself saying that, just question that assumption because there's so many counterfactuals to it.
0: Do you ever feel like you're just getting started with WooCommerce? Like when you just yeah. take a step back and you look at it and you go, man, I haven't even done anything. And, and again, People ask me all the time, what do you think Matt is doing with WooCommerce? Like, I know, I feel like you have the same challenges a lot of us product people have where you have money, but you just can't get enough darn people on this thing (laughs) at the same time to get this thing moving. It's a very similar challenge to maybe even Pippin's Plugins and Syed Mm -hmm. and Yoast. It's not the money, it's the time, it's the people and getting Mm -hmm. that all in sync What are your thoughts on WooCommerce just getting started or however you see it?
1: It's day one with WooCommerce. When you look at the potential there, I often say that WooCommerce is where WordPress was in 2008. I would say that's for software maturity in terms of like where sort of percent of the market that it's captured. It's where WordPress was in like 2003. (laughs) When it was like B2 plus some hacks. There's just so much there and probably a good place to mention that automatic is hiring for a like 30 or 40 open roles. So whatever, as you're a copywriter, if you're a support person, if you're a salesperson, like we are hiring as fast as possible. And, and a lot of those new hires are going into the WooCommerce side of things. So if, if you're interested in that, it is, it's the largest rocket ship I've ever been a part of, and if we do it right, it is not just bigger than all the rest of Automatic's businesses combined, but probably. Maybe like a two to 10x bigger.
0: That's tremendous. One of the things, speaking of products I wish you put more money into, <laughs> mm-hmm. things like video press mm-hmm. was a phenomenal product, but it's all integrated into Jetpack now. Mm-hmm. With this rise in of video and, and all of this stuff? Is that just going to be a long-term bet? or is, do you not see mm-hmm. like that chunk of jetpack or the business being something that's uh, very alluring right now? Yeah,
1: just to give two little previews for your audience. Cool update to video press coming. It is very (laughs) eminent. The player especially is so much cooler and so much nicer. It feels even more modern than like a YouTube player. Continuous updates to the infrastructure. So we're making, as Automatic builds out its global network, I think we're 30 plus points of presence globally. If you look at DNS perf, we're usually second to only Cloudflare or Google for how fast the network is. It's a kind of hidden part of automatic that I'm really proud of that not a lot of people know about. So look for that to be a lot faster. And then finally, as you've probably seen with Jetpack CRM, Jetpack backup, a few things is we're making it so you can both buy and install these things a la carte. I don't think VideoPress is still a standalone plugin right now, but essentially what we've been doing with Jetpack is architecting it. So if people just want one of these features, they could just install that add on uh, plugin much like Jetpack Backup or CRM or Powell Kismet in Jetpack Interact. We want to give people the flexibility to pick and choose just what they want. Because I do, it's not entirely true because Jetpack has its own internal plugin system. So if you're only using one module, the rest of the code isn't being loaded. It's not slowing down your site at all. But I do get the perception where people are like, it does 20 things, I'm only using five of them. So yeah, ways that we can break it up, I think are, are helpful. Yeah. I there still is the truth is that if you install Jetpack and the CD and everything, it will make your site faster though, yeah. and I think a lot of people I appreciate that people have been starting to run benchmarks and things to overcome the uh, the myth that Jetpack slows
0: your site down when in fact it actually speeds it up. I don't do bonus rounds anymore, but (laughs) here it is. I totally side with you on the the other Matt and Matt feud with the Jamstack stuff. Look, I again diehard uh, WordPress fan. When I start to see all of these points of services connecting together just for me to publish a website, I'm like, what's the point? I can do it all with WordPress. And the no and so getting to the question, the no code low code movement is phenomenal right now. Mm I feel it's again like you were saying, like it's like WordPress 2004 when everyone's like, look what I can build with advanced custom fields in WordPress. Arguably, WordPress probably the best no-code, low-code tool that's that's been in existence for for 20 years. But maybe we
1: have the worst marketing team, so right. we got some things we can learn
0: there. And I see all these people putting, hey, I'm using Webflow, I'm using uh, Airtable, and then I'm mm-hmm. coupling that with uh, Gumroad and Mailchimp, and and I'm looking at it, just my head is hurting, but you don't own any of these points in your stack that you could do with WordPress. And I guess the frustration is that a lot of people look at it and go, geez, I don't think I can do this with WordPress or WordPress is too slow, too yada, whatever they have to say. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing time. Do you feel like the no code, low code movement is a fad? Do you see all of these things going away to a degree? some of the clear?
1: companies are fads. The movement is you know, basically the movement, it's a multi-decade movement that WordPress has, has been surfing, <laughs> which is this idea that things you used to have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to do, sometimes software can make it with a few clicks you can do. And that's, that's so empowering. That's a promise where I to see technology at its best when it essentially gives superpowers to people. That's what we mean by democratization is it's providing a freedom of expression, capabilities that wouldn't be there without the software. Yeah. And so that it has been rebranded recently as like low code or no code. Yeah. You are correct that WordPress is in many ways, a low code or no code tool. We don't get credit for it. There was basically, I just saw a website builder report and it was like Shopify is 50% I was like. What? And then I looked and they weren't (laughs) counting WordPress as a website builder. And I was like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) This is where your angry tweet comes in. Oh, why did you do this? (laughs) They have a very
1: specific reason where basically like as Gutenberg gets further on, I think they'll count us as a website builder. So Mm -hmm. the methodology was consistent, even if I didn't agree with it. And it is true that Shopify is really the only other platform other than WordPress that's growing in a meaningful way,
0: which I think is interesting to look at. Yeah, they have... Uh, Go ahead. I was going to say to your note about like empowering, like feeling empowered through software, the biggest revelation to me as a quote unquote developer many years ago was Drupal version four with the combination of CCK and views. Hmm. My mind was blown. Like I could build a view of data without having to write a query and knowing back then how to write SQL and stuff like that. And it was like, wow, this is magical. Yeah. <laughs> Those are moments that you feel powerful when you're able to do that kind of thing. I
1: think where there's a huge opportunity for the press community, including individual bloggers, is in education and tutorials. So let's say there's something when you just listed the Webflow plus Airtable and Gumroad, and what's each one, each name you listed there is a business <laughs> with sometimes hundreds of employees that's making. Millions and millions, probably tens of millions of dollars. And so they invest a lot into essentially user education, tutorials, conferences, things like that. But we need to do a lot better job at writing the walkthroughs. Did you ever see a video game walkthrough? It's like, here's yeah. how to get through Super Mario or something yeah. like that. Like all these things are possible with WordPress, but some of those levels, the boss monster is really hard and people don't make it past it. Yeah. So if there is a little bit of a, a tutorial or a walkthrough, that's really viable. And I think it's also important for these to come from folks without necessarily a commercial interest. There are a lot, of, a lot of the tutorial, if you Google for a lot of things around WordPress, you end up on affiliate sites and people who are just trying to sell you a particular thing. And we need a lot more of that. Here's the best way to do it. Maybe it says you should buy something, maybe it doesn't. Maybe there's a free alternative. And so I think that's the downside as well as almost every WordPress company has an affiliate program. Sometimes the sort of free and unbiased tutorials and things are are just shilling for one
0: individual. Let, let, let me step in as your PR coach, Matt. No, nope. let's avoid that. There's a lot of people listening to this who are WordPress YouTubers, myself included, but I don't use a lot of affiliate links. Yeah, think no, There's anything wrong with affiliate yeah, links, Yeah, no, no.
1: but uh, I think what's beautiful is you want to promote the best solution right? and you don't have the integrity to say that maybe something that's not paid might be the best solution for this particular thing. 100%.
0: Matt Mullenweg, thanks for taking some time out of your day to to reach out and have this discussion. Obviously, folks can find you everywhere, Twitter, your blog, m a t m a t t t Yeah. yeah. You know, Photomat, Photo mat.io, h o t
1: o m a t on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. I'll also, try, I'm try- trying one of my resolutions is to fight less on Twitter, so I'm trying to be so <laughs> do do a little less there. I could him, do man. a lot more if I use Twitter less. So yeah, uh, watch out 2021.
0: Taking advice from everyone else. MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey, and Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate this.
1: I appreciate it as well, Matt. Thanks a lot.